0: You know, I, I want to say, uh, first, I just want to thank everybody for being here, and, and and I ask you, I encourage you, stay for dinner on the grounds and meet people and enjoy your day and let your kids enjoy the day and, and just be a blessing. Um, you know, I it's like Tracy said, when, when this all started, I never wanted to be the pastor. I never wanted to be a pastor. Um, I wanted to be the flaming evangelist. I just wanted to go in, blow up, blow out. And, just have fun, and I got the awesome privilege to do that all over the world, and then uh, it's really hard for me to believe that I've been here for 30 years, but I want to guarantee you one thing, I would not have been here for 30 years if it wouldn't have been for my family, because, you, you know, y'all, y'all see me, and I, I'm, I get to be here and do what I do, but without my family with me, without my wife keeping me sane, without my wife throwing water on me and saying... You got to go one more round, you know, and and uh, my my kids, my son beat on these drums for 19 years, you know, poor little guy when he we were just over there in the church parsonage over here in a double wide mobile home. And I, we ran out of a drummers. And so I said, son, you're going to, have to learn to play the drums. And So we bought a set of drums. I should get a reward for him to listen to all that. <laughs> And we let him beat them out in there until he forgave Then we said, you're the drummer now. And we stuck him over there. 19 years have been playing the drums, you know. And, and then he and Chrissy taking care of the youth. And then um, uh, Darcy, you know, a lot of y'all think Darcy just came back. But Darcy's always been involved in the ministry, always been taking care of stuff, always been uh, in the middle of it no matter where she was, no, you know, anywhere. And then it's just been amazing. And then those of you that have been with us for so long, you know, there's not a lot of the old timers still here. But there is a few of y'all still kicking, praise God, and, and I appreciate that, but you know, when you, when you think about Living Waters Church and the humble beginnings we started at, and uh, God blessed us all the way through, I could write a book, and most of y'all wouldn't believe it if you read it. It's the truth. It's so outlandish, so wild, the stories of what God did for us here to establish this church, and... Um, and just miracle after miracle. I remember one of the wildest ones is is we were trying in the in the building project cuz we built all this thing from scratch. And uh, and we we needed $20,000 <clears> and to go to the next phase. And I was praying, oh God, we need 20,000. We need 20,000. And the somebody at the office, I don't remember who it was, called me and said, "You need to come look at this." And there was an envelope With $20,000 worth of traveler's checks in it. And I was like, what? And God just did it. Just a miracle. Just a whole thing. This whole place is. You're sitting on miracle ground. But I want to say this. Of everything I've seen. I mean, we used to be. We used to be running two churches. And uh, we did five services a week. And uh, I couldn't do it now. I mean, my energy's run out. Y'all gonna have to pray for some kind of like Holy Ghost energy to go do five services a week. Lord, I was crazy. And, uh, but anyway, I still believe that the biggest miracles are getting ready to happen. I want you to know right now, you sit here, you've been, you're getting to enjoy the benefits of a lot of faith of a lot of people, but I believe that the biggest miracles are coming. I believe there's going to be a break. I believe it's going to happen. I believe you're going to be shocked. I believe that if we'll put our faith together and set our faith together, that it's just going to happen. Like all of a sudden, one morning you're going to wake up and holy cow, God is just moving. The last vision, open vision I had, I saw all of these grounds that were out there where we're going to be today. I saw them all full of people. I saw them coming over from the from all over the hills. I saw people in tattered suits and I saw people in in just plain clothes and And everybody was there, but they were desperate. And it was y'all outside, going inside the fellowship hall, getting a bowl of soup that was a miracle, and going out, and you were feeding the people. And I knew right off the bat it wasn't us actually feeding people soup. It was actually you feeding people the gospel and what they needed. And they came from all over the world, and they were out there, and y'all were doing all the ministry. And I was just basically standing in the fellowship hall saying, wow, look at that, look at that, look at that. I believe those days are still coming. I believe it's, you know, it doesn't take much to go look over the news and see what's going on, all the craziness in the world, and realize that, man, the world needs Jesus. Amen? The world needs Jesus. And so praise God. I thank all of y'all for everything y'all have done. I, I thank you for today and, and, and all your faith and prayers and being here because we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for everybody. Amen? So look at the person beside you and say, way to go. You did good. So I want to finish my message and then, you know, it's really hard knowing I get to be the first one through the food line uh, for me not to kind of rush this thing and stay in the spirit, not get into the flesh and let the God of my belly speak. But anyway, I want to finish the message I didn't get through last week about things that are self-evident. The Declaration of Independence is what what hit me was that when it says the line, we hold these truths to be self-evident to all men. Our founders of this Great nation, they, they, they came to this place and they said, look, it's evident. Now, <clears throat> I find myself today looking at things taking place, and I'm just like, what? I can't, I can't see it. Because to me, it's self-evident that that's wrong. Right? To me, in my thinking. And sometimes, you know, like, I've never put one on because I'm scared of them. But you know those those virtual reality glass things, you know, that you can put on, you know, when you're seeing something else. I'm scared my mind's going to get locked into whatever I'm in, and I'll be eternally on a roller coaster or something, you know. So I won't put one on, and so uh, I, I just know it. It's like you know, I know I just stick them on, and then I just be stuck in this other reality and never get my head back straight. And so, but I sometimes I think that's the way people are. They're like they put on a pair of glasses and they're looking at something and it's not real. It's like you know, and then the Lord told me, yeah, Robert, that's right. The, the enemy blinds the minds of the unbelievers. What I told you in the word, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you did say that. And so that's what's happening right now because people are blind. Right. So what do we have to do as Christians? It's never been more important for you to have self-evident truths on the inside of you of who God is ever before in your life. You're going to be challenged In your belief, the enemy's going to come and challenge you. Whether it's just through what you see over the internet, what you see over the television, or who you really come in contact with. Folks, listen to me. You're going to be challenged, and you got to know what you believe. Can I have an amen? So, you've got to have these self-evident truths in you. they got to be solid in you. You can't be swayed. Do you know that one of the greatest, um, concerns of, uh, of a lot of people today is the ability for AI, artificial intelligence, to alter things and create things that literally you can't tell whether they're real, they're true or not. And they're trying to pass legislation, but nobody's really listening because they're saying, Look, we got to stop this because eventually there's going to be stuff put out that you don't know if the computer generated it or it really happened. And it can look so real. They can take me right now preaching this message, change all the words to me, all the words, but just, I mean, they can make me preach the craziest thing in the world. Put it out. And you can't tell if it's really me or not. That's crazy, right? That's crazy. And so we have to know what's the truth. We have to know what's the truth. you got to get it rock solid out on the inside of you. You either have to, you know... Believe your wife loves you or she doesn't. I know that no matter how much of a jerk I could be, my wife's still going to love me. been married for 43 years uh, and she ain't left me yet. All right? It's a self-evident truth to me. We love each other. We're best friends. I don't have to say, somebody said, did you know that Laura was talking bad about you? I'd say, no, it wasn't. You said, you're lying. It was either AI or she'd been drugged. Because we just don't do that. Y'all with me? But if you can be talked out of it, if it's not a self-evident truth on the inside of you folks, you'll be talked out of it. The Bible says in the last days, even the very elect will be deceived. So I going to tell you something, you've got to be careful. you got to be careful what you're listening to. Man, I'm telling you, you can flip through the internet right now and you can find everything in the world you can want to find. You can find things that agree with you and you can find things that will disagree with you. And if you sit around listening to the things that disagree with you and you keep listening to them long enough, you know what? You might change your thought unless it's a self-evident truth. And that's what's happened. There's a whole world out there of people that they can be swayed one way or another. Hello? And I don't want you to be swayed. I want to go through This is, this is, this is what keeps me alive. I look into the future, and I, I, I get discouraged because, I, like I said, we I used to do five services a week, preaching five times five different messages, okay? And I couldn't do it today. I, I physically don't have the energy, all right? Now, if God zapped me some kind of, like, Moses or, or, you know, eating some manna or Elijah eating some manna or something like that that would, you know, zap me, you know, then I could probably do it, but... I just see myself, as I'm getting older, just, I'm not as sharp as I used to be. Hello? Anybody that's out there, can can I have an amen? If you agree with me, you see that happening. And what gets me, the older I get, the more the doctors say you have to exercise. And I'm like, what the, what did that have to do with anything? How are you figuring that in? And then I go to talking to the Lord. I'm getting off here, but I'll get back. And then I go to talk to the Lord, it should be work the other way. Young people should not be able to go and do all the crazy things that they do, so then they wouldn't get in trouble. And as we get older, you should be getting stronger and having more youth, because then you got some wisdom to do something. But it, he just laughs. But these self-evident truths have to be things on the inside of you, because I'm telling you, folks, listen to me. You can get swayed, you can get deceived, and you can get off. You don't think it, but you can all of us can. All right. So the fir- I'm just going to go through the last weeks real quick. The first one I told you is you have to believe God is good. Folks, listen to me. There's so much garbage out there that makes me so mad when I see it. Is uh, saying that God does evil things, or God puts things on people, or God's trying to kill you with cancer, or show you something about you're going to teach you. <laughs> you got to believe that God is absolutely good. This world is not good. There are people in this world that are not good. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world that it's not the Garden of Eden, what God intended for man. We, oh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm in agreement with you on that. I mean, we got droughts. We got famines. We got plagues. We got people that will steal from you, kill you, do whatever. Hello? We got people that just trying to figure out how to kill you. But God is good. Y'all say God's good. He's absolutely good, and there isn't anything wrong with God. God doesn't have anything wrong. God's not missed a beat. Hello, it's got to be true on the inside of you, because if somebody can twist it on you and get you to thinking, well, maybe, maybe God did cause this to happen. Then, folks, listen to me. You're going to go downhill if you're going to put some. What do they call those things? Huh? Say one more time. Oculus. That's what they call those glasses you put on that shows you the. Alternate reality. Okay, Oculus. Put a moment that has God absolutely good. Okay, Scripture, I gave you for that last week, was Exodus thirty three eighteen, 18, James 1, 13, showing you that God's good. The second one is, is that the Bible is God's word directly to you. Listen to me. Man, I get so angry When I start listening to people that are trying to take and cause doubt in people's hearts about the Bible not being translated properly or not being true or this is wrong or that. Folks, listen to me. There ain't nothing wrong with your Bible. Only thing's wrong is people reading it and trying to make it say something else. Hello? There ain't. There ain't. There is not a hair's worth of words that could have been translated differently and even though they they you know were it was sort of like it, it should have been translated black when we translated it dark gray hello that's about the that's about that's a stretch that's like that that's like a bad one should have been black and we called it dark gray all right so folks i'm just telling you just quit thinking that don't give the devil any place on that The Bible's true, and it's his word for you. It's a letter written to you, for you. When he's talking to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he's really talking to you. Hello? Okay. 2 Timothy 3.16 is a scripture I gave you for that. The third one was, is God has a good work started in you. Philippians 1 and 6 says, a good work God started in you. He's going to complete it. He's going to finish it. He's going to do it. Listen to me. God formed you in your mother's womb. You say, well, my mother was a terrible person. Well, I'm sorry for that. But God still formed you in your mother's womb. And he's got a purpose for you. He's got a destiny for you. He's got a plan for you if you'll just get in it. Oh, it's a good one too. Now, I want to tell you something. When I get to heaven, I'm going to have a little talk with Jesus. The, The life I'm living right now. It's not the life I ever would have chosen. All right? But I'm glad that I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm happy in what I do. I'm happy for my family. I'm happy I get to see God moving in y'all's lives. And I'm just going to believe when I get to the other side, you know, then I can go manage the cattle on a thousand hills. Because all I ever wanted to be in life was a cowboy. Grew up on a ranch, and that's all I ever wanted to do was be a cowboy. How I ended up like this, only Jesus, okay? But I got to believe that the good work God started in me, he's going to finish it. Now, listen, I love y'all. Y'all are family. And when you come up and you say, Pastor, I just so appreciate you and I thank you for what you've done, it touches my heart, it blesses me. But when I know Almighty God, the creator of the heavens and the earth and all they're in, is rooting for me, Makes a whole lot of power and impact in my life when I know that God's not mad at me. He's not trying to get me. He's not trying to stop me. He's trying to work out a work in my life. That He's trying to bless me. He's trying to help me along. He's right there with His strong right arm, going to do anything to help me out. Woo, man! I say, well, Lord, if you're with me, I can get this done. John fifteen sixteen is the other scripture I gave you. For that you think you chose Jesus, but He already chose you. He said, Why would you choose me? Because God loves a challenge. And then you gotta think about it. If you were really good, like you were already perfect, and everybody said, Oh, they were perfect, born from the perfect family, did the, you know, they're just perfect. They just came from the world of perfect. Well, then you wouldn't make much of an impression. If they everybody looks at you and says, holy cow, I can't believe that person even made it to church. Then God gets the glory because it's like, yeah, God got them there. Hello? The fourth one was, Is God is faithful, then to bring it to pass. Listen to me. You may give up in life. You may quit in life, but God never quits on you. You may stop praying. I've told you all this before, that I have a, have a picture hanging in my bathroom wall of a sailing ship with the big sails on it and everything. And, and I go by it, and I tap it, and I say the scripture. Out of Psalms 107, I say, they that go down to the sea in ships and do business on great waters. So see the mighty works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. Thank you, Lord, for sending me out there on the ocean. See a people, seeing great things for you. But then some days I don't feel like it. Some days I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm just going to go take a shower. I don't really feel like going out on the seas and fighting the waves and going through all this stuff. But God's still faithful to bring to pass. See, I always know he's still faithful. I may become unfaithful, but he's still faithful. He's still trying to bring it to pass. He's still working. Always in your life. No matter what you're doing. You say, well, I'm not a very faithful person. God's faithful, though. The fifth one. The fifth one. Is uh, that I gave you last week was. Faith in God is how we operate. Folks, we operate by faith. The Lord gave me a real good example this morning. I was up early, it was dark, I went outside. I love I to see the stars. And Friday night was amazing. If you went outside Friday night, it was amazing, the stars. And I love this time of year when it gets cool and crisp, and then everything's just like the stars are just, man, they're just like you could touch them. And Friday night was amazing. And uh, so I went out this morning uh, expecting to see some stars and clouds, Right? So I'm sitting there and I am remembering Friday night. Looking up at the sky and not seeing anything but overcast. And the Lord said, see now, Robert, that's how faith is. You're not seeing the stars, but you saw what they look like Friday night. You know, they're still up there. You just can't see them. The stars didn't go away. The stars didn't. Fall out of the sky because I can't see them. You don't give up and say, Oh, the stars that are all gone, I'll never get to see them again. No, you just walk outside and say, Oh, it's overcast this morning. I didn't get to see them this morning. But tomorrow, maybe tonight, they're still there. God's word is always there for you. The problems of life may come in and overshadow them and may cloud up sometimes and make it hard for you to see, but they're still there. God's still working on your behalf. The promises are still true. And we get a little discouraged and get, what do we call it, a cloudy day? Huh? Well, what's happening? Well, nothing's happening. It's still out there. You're just not seeing it. Faith is the part that takes us to where we keep moving forward because by faith we see it. You know, it's funny. I have an app on my phone. I don't even know what it's called. But we, it tells you the star constellations. You point it up to wherever there. You know—you know what I'm talking about? And you can, it'll tell you what constellations there, what the stars are like there. And, uh, you know, it's just an app, right? You don't have to see the star for it to tell you. You can take the thing and look right down at the bottom of the earth, and it still tells me what the stars are in there. It doesn't have to see them it's an app, right? And so I sometimes find myself just about falling down dizzy because I'll get out there with my phone and I'm just looking around everywhere and then I'm up over here, you know, and then you know, and especially if it's dark and then I start getting all wobbly and and looking at the stars and it's funny because see, I don't have to see the stars, the app is showing me the stars, but I'm looking at the concrete, I'm looking at the floor, but I'm still seeing them. That's faith. I'm still seeing God's promises even though I'm getting to look at the dirt. I'm going to look at the concrete, right? But the promise is there. You all with me? It's all still there. Nothing changed. Faith is that part that we walk with God when we may not be seeing everything, but we know He's there for us. We know He's, if you already got that truth, He's good. He's working out His plan. His promises are there. That's what you live on until... You get to see it. And you will get to see it. Faith is just the way we operate. Hebrews 11, 6 says it's faith that pleases God. It's not your works. It's not your good deeds that please God. It's faith that pleases God. Believing in him. Oh, yeah, we're supposed to do good works. We're supposed to do good things. That's what we're supposed to do, right? But it's a result of our faith. So the sixth one, I think I gave you this one last week, but let me... If it didn't, here it is. Heaven is real. Proverbs 23:18 says, for surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off. John 14, 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it are not so, I would have told you, but I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I want to come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Amen? Heaven's real. Heaven's real. Oh, that should excite you. Heaven is real. Now, you know, I do a lot of funerals. And uh, so I'm thinking about funerals a lot. Thinking about death a lot. And, uh, you know, so you're going to want to stick around for my funeral. Because my funeral is going to be like nobody, no funeral you ever been to. Because I've been planning my funeral ever since I started doing funerals. You know? And so, man, I'm telling you, I got songs that you ain't, you're not going to believe. Okay? You're going to be shocked and say, I can't believe Pastor had songs like that he listened to. Yeah. You're going to want to be here. It's going to be good. It's going to be something. And so I'm always thinking about what I want to put on my headstone. And so I finally came up with it the other day, told my wife, I said, that's what I want with my headstone. Just put my name, when I was born, when I died, right underneath it say, finally. <laughs> I said, that's what I want, finally. Finally got there, amen? Finally got to be with my Jesus. Because heaven's real. It's not something we need to say, oh, no, it's real. I once had a man come to me, and it was, it was on a, actually on a walk to a mass. This person doesn't attend our church, didn't attend our church. And he came to me, and he pulled me aside because I was preaching something, and I said something about heaven being real. And he came over there, and he pulled me aside, and he said, I just want you to understand. I just want to tell you this, that when I was in Vietnam, and uh, he said I was shot to pieces, and they had me on the gurney, and they were trying to revive me. And he said, I did not know Jesus. I was not a Christian. And he said, I left my body. He said, I floated up above that gurney. I watched the doctors sitting down there working on me. He thought, I can't believe that's me. And he heard the doctor saying, I don't think he's going to make it. And I kept thinking, no, work harder. And he said, finally, in a minute, a doctor came running in. They did something, and I went back in my body. And he said, when I came to, he said, all I felt was pain. And I thought, oh, it was better when I was floating. But he said, I knew right then I needed a relationship with Jesus Christ because I knew heaven was real. This man told me this with tears in his eyes. You know, I didn't know him. didn't have a big relationship with him or anything. He told me that. And it so touched me because I'm like, man, here's somebody standing here telling me this, that they've experienced in their life, to even more show to me heaven's real. Amen? Heaven's real. And it's a glorious place. It's not some place where we all sit around on clouds playing harps. That's the dumbest thing I ever had anybody tell me. (laughs) Folks, there's things getting done in heaven. Heaven is real. There's horses in heaven. There's lions in heaven. There's lambs in heaven. Cows in heaven. So I guess there's cows, there's got to be bulls. If you just go through your Bible and you start looking about heaven, there is unbelievable things all about heaven. Amen? And that's where you're going to be forever. I'm going to share a little bit more about that in a second, but here's number seven. You got, I want to go through this one first. Number seven, I want to so this is brand new. This should be brand new. James 123. Says, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself and then goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But when he looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and not a forgetful hearer, But a doer of the work, this one, will be blessed in what he does. The seventh seventh truth you have to have in your heart that has to be self-evident to you is your decisions affect your outcome. You know, my mother used to say this to me and think before you speak. And the truth of the matter is your decisions do affect your outcome. How many of y'all in life, you don't have to raise your hand, you you just this is a rhetorical question. But how many of you in life you've made a decision and you did something in life that afterwards you wish you wouldn't have made that decision? I think we'd have all of us have a show of hands. It's like, ooh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I wouldn't have done that. Because your decisions affect your outcome. But the good news is. The truth of this scripture is that when you become an effectual hearer of the word, then your decisions can be the right ones and you can be blessed in everything you do. So what's going on in the world right now today is we have people, legislators, making decisions that are bad decisions. And they haven't seen the outcome of those bad decisions yet. But we will pay for them. Hello? Hello? And I don't even want to get into that because I'm thinking about food. Number eight, 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. This eighth one, the truth you have to understand is you do have an enemy. The enemy is not your neighbor, your wife. Your enemy is not the ugly person in town talking to you, the person that turns their nose up. That's not your enemy. you got to know who your enemy is. Your enemy is the devil. And you have to be sober and you have to be vigilant. Because, hey, folks, listen to me. We're going through this, this all this craziness in the world right now. And everybody is has risen up and they're they're wanting to throw stones, not everybody, a lot of people have risen up and they want to throw stones at Israel. Okay? And I just want to say this this morning, all right? As Christians, where's your stance? Okay? It's pretty simple to me. When Jesus was alive, who we follow and is our example, right? Where did he live? Where? One more time. That's good. I want, that's the answer I'm looking for. What did he, what, where did he live? Oh, and what was Jesus? His, what was his ethnicity? He would have been a Jew, right? So Jesus was a Jew. Now, when Jesus went into the temple and he turned the table over with all the money changers, where did that take place? Come on, say it again. I want, y'all to be, I want y'all to get caught on this too. I want y'all to get in trouble as I do. So I'm trying to get you to say something. He went to Jerusalem, right? So Jesus lived in Israel. He was a Jew and he went to the, tab- tab- the tabernacle or the temple, right? In Jerusalem. Huh. And now when was that? What year was that? You know? Like 2020 years ago? Huh, I'll be. But it just seems like to me, everybody shut up and read the Bible. And if you're going to throw stones, don't throw stones that direction. Hello? And everybody that does, then, listen to me, you're not going to like this, and I'm just going to say it, and they cut me off and cut me off. Everybody that does, well, they're on the other side. Because I've told you all this from the very beginning. This is not about politics. This is not about Republicans and Democrats. This is not about all of that kind of stuff. Quit making it personal. Quit making it people. Quit. It is about the devil and about God. It is about good and it is about bad. That's all it's about. So when a side is being chosen, which side do you want to be on? Well, I want to be on the good side. So I'm going to find that good side by reading my Bible and then doing what my Bible tells me to do. And anything that's on the other side, I don't care what argument you got, you're wrong. I said, well, but you don't understand, you know. Seventh century, did this, did that. No, I read my Bible. Send a story. I'm not going to believe anything else. This is my reality and I'm living it. And you know what makes me happy? And I say at the end of it, I say at the end of it, when, 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 when that day comes, I'm going to be on the right side. And all those that want to be with me can be with me. And those that don't want to be with me, oh, I'm so sorry. Because it's going to be hot. And so when it comes down to it, quit looking at things and all this stuff going on in the world, like trying to choose, but, oh, poor Palestinians, you know, oh, I don't want to see anybody suffer. I don't want to see people. I want to see everybody get saved. Hey, did y'all see the, 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 the video of the guy who was, who was uh, an ISIS killer got saved? It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. This guy was an ISIS killer terrorist, and he says Jesus came and touched him on his shoulder and said, I forgive you. And it's this testimony, this guy, and he's bawling, he's just crying. And he said, I, I, I said, who are you? And he said, I'm Jesus, and I forgive you. And the guy got saved. Folks, do you know that in the Muslim world that there's all unbelievable amount of testimonies of Jesus literally appearing physically? to the Muslim people and them being saved? More so than, than anywhere else. All I'm saying is, I want to be on the right side. So I just read my Bible, figure out what it is, and say, okay, where's God? What is God in this thing? Okay, here He's over here. I, I, I know there's corrupt people. I know there's bad things. I know bad things happen. I'm not trying to say, folks, listen to me, I love America, but I tell you, America, we got some Lulu's. And we made some dumb decisions. And we've done some stupid things in life. Okay? But I'm still going to stand behind America until I can't anymore. The minute they turn on God or Israel, then I don't know what I'm going to do. But until that time, we keep praying. We keep reading our Bibles. We keep doing what's what's right and stay on the side of that's God. Don't get over on the other side. The number nine thing. Let me get going here. The number nine thing. Now, not only do you have an enemy, but he hates you. You got to understand that about the devil. You say, "Why? I never did anything to you. If you're a Christian, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the devil hates you. He hates you because you're going to live forever in heaven. And he's not. Hate is the nature of the devil. So let me just, I already chopped up this tree. I might as well cut her down. Hate is the nature of the devil. All right? So if you hate a race of people, an ethnic race of people, so much that the only thing you say can happen in life is they have to be exterminated, they cannot live, exist on the face of the earth. That's hate in its purest form. And if, you're of the, if, you're, if that's your attitude, then you're of the devil. I mean, let's just call it like it is. Let's just quit kind of candy coating it. You're of the devil, you're a demon. If you hate somebody so much, you have to say that whole race of people, all Jews have to die in order for there to be peace. That's of the devil. Because that's the nature of the devil, okay? If you operate in love, that's the nature of God. When you say, no, we can't live peaceably. No, we can only live peaceably if you die. That's not peace. That's not peace. Are y'all with me here? Okay? I want to be on the side of love. Not the side of hate. John 10.10 says a thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what he wants to do. Kill, steal, and destroy. But then look at the other side. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. So when you find killing, stealing, and destroying, it's of the devil. I mean, folks, listen to me. Let's quit sugarcoating this thing and tippy-toeing around it. and, and, And let's just call it like it is. If it's of hate, it's of the devil. If it's of love, it's of God. Well, you know, but no, don't go there. That's Then you don't have a self-evident truth within you. You're being wishy-washy. Why is that so quiet? Let me give you number 10. I started to make 11 this morning, but then I decided to make 10 really big. A self-evident truth, the 10th self-evident truth you have to understand. You will live forever. First Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not get into anything that says that when you, when you die, that that's the end of your existence. You are a spiritual being. You are going to live forever. You have the opportunity right now while you're on earth to make a choice whether you're going to live forever in heaven or you're going to live forever in hell. You have a choice. Jesus went to the cross. He paid the price for you so that you could choose heaven by believing in him and his blood for the forgiveness of your sins. But no matter what, no matter what, you're going to live forever. Your life's not limited to this world. The day I step out of this earth suit of mine, I hope I get to turn around in my spirit man and kick it. Just turn around and kick and say, stupid earth suit, worthless thing. And step in my glorified body. Because you're going to live forever. Now, not only are you going to live forever, but... In the book of Jude, chapter 1, verse 24, it says, Now he's able to keep me from stumbling and to present me faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. You're going to come to that place where Jesus then will present you to the Father. And he's able to get you there because he's got a good work started in you. And he's going to get you to that place and you're going to go before the presence of God with exceeding joy. That's all pretty positive stuff, isn't it? There was a rich young ruler, Mark chapter 10, verse 17. And I'm going to read this to you. Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running and knelt down before him and said, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So this, this guy was believing in eternal life. Hello? They've always taught eternal life. And so he says, I want to have you go to eternal life. And he says, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. And you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and he said, teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. So listen to this. Listen to what he said. Jesus's words. Jesus told the rich man, if you go sell all you have and you give to the poor, you're going to make treasure in heaven. So then you cannot take it with you, but you can send it ahead. Did you get that? You cannot die and take it with you They put your, your like they did the 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 Pharaohs and put all the golden stuff in there with you to take it to the afterlife. That doesn't work. But you can send it ahead. I'm not getting near good enough amen on this. I'm going to go over there and eat all the chocolate cake and leave you all in here if I don't get some more amens. You do not understand what I'm saying. You have an ability to literally do something on earth that affects eternity. You're going to get to heaven and you're going to look at them and say, what is that? Oh, well, that's what you sent ahead. Really? When did that happen? I had a person come to me just, it, just recently. And they said, you know, you, you know, I don't know if you remember me, la, 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 la. You, you know, you did all that. You, you said this and you spoke to me. And you told me these things, you know, really helped me through life in a hard part. And, all that. and the whole time I'm looking, I'm saying, I don't even know who you are. Who are you? When did I see you? Well, I don't. What? I couldn't even remember the person. I felt terrible. And this person said, oh, yeah, you spoke to me. It just really helped me and blessed me. And I'm like, wow, Lord, I must have sent that one on because I don't remember it now. But you follow what I'm saying? You don't even know the little things you've done in life that have already sent things to heaven that are waiting for you. It's kind of cool when you get to thinking about it. Heaven's real. And what you do on this earth and the decisions you make on this earth, it affects heaven. Your heaven. And where you're going. And that mansion. And what you're going to be doing forever. So he tells him, he says, go sell everything. You'll have treasure in heaven. Come up. Come and take your cross and follow me. But he was sad with the words. He went away sorrowful. He had great possessions. Folks, listen to me. This guy blew it. I don't know who the rich young ruler was. Who You know, by name, doesn't mention him, just calls him the rich young ruler. Jesus offered him an apostleship. He would have been one of the apostles written in the scriptures. But he couldn't get his eyes off of this earth. And what this earth was offering him, and what he could have on this earth. He couldn't, he couldn't get over, he was blinded, he couldn't see about eternity and what, what eternity meant. So he was living just for this earth and what was on this earth, and he couldn't see it, and he missed an apostleship. He missed being one of the 12 pillars in the New Jerusalem and his name on it for eternity. How long's eternity? Long time, right? He missed it. Because he was looking at his bank account. Now, I'm not taking up an offer now, so don't be worried about that. I'm just simply making the point here. You should be more concerned about heaven than you are earth. And I've always heard that stupid... Saying, well, he's so heavenly minded, he's no earthly good. Well, I guess that could happen, but I had never seen nobody like that in my life. Hello? I have never seen anybody like that in my life. That became so heavenly minded, they were of no earthly good. Never seen that. I don't know who brought that up. Somebody who wanted to go to work on Sunday, not go to church. And do what they wanted to and be justified. That's probably who came up with that. Saying. Point is. The more you're. Having an understanding and and, and having your eyes open to the fact of heaven is real. The more you're. Having an understanding that that what you do on this earth is affecting eternity. And that's what you're going to walk in forever. The more that you're aware of that, well, then, folks, listen to me. That means that you become more sensitive about whoever you're around, how you treat people, the things you say, the decisions you make. Hello? It should. Because you're going to be living in what you created forever. Now, I will admit a cardboard box over on the side of heaven, it would be better than hell. I also had a person challenge me one time. They said, well, that's not right. I mean, when you get to heaven, it's all equal. So I said, oh, God's communist, huh? He's the ruler and everybody gets the same size mansion, the same furniture, the same everything. It's just a mansion, not a one-room apartment. I said, the Bible's full of re- talking about crowns, rewards. And so you are on this earth affecting what's going to go on in eternity. Hello? I believe right now the greatest thing that we can do as Christians on this earth, the first one is pray. But the second one is to be a bright and shining light. To be a bright and shining light in our communities and all around us. That of these ten points, I just preach you that God's good. The Bible's real. We're going to live for him. We're living for eternity. We have got to be people that stand up in this day and just look at people and say, you're wrong. You're of the devil. Just try it sometimes. See how it works. I mean, if you want to spruce it up a little bit, you could just, you know, you could say something like, I'm sorry, but I really believe you may be influenced by. You know, the other. guy. Or you could just look at him, and say, you know, you're of the devil. You're speaking of the devil. That's right. See what happens. Give me a report. Give me a testimony next week. <laughs> come here, the black eye. Pastor told me. But folks, we got to stand up. Amen. And we have to be the, the men and women of God. God called us to be. Amen. So stand up. Really stand up. And if you're on the prayer team, can you all come down, please? Now, if you're out there watching this message or listening to us, I just want to encourage you. Man, Jesus is there for you. If you don't know, you're not you're not you don't know really where you're standing. Maybe you're sitting here this morning. and say, I don't have any truths in me. Well, there's one truth. God loves you. He gave his son Jesus for you. And if you call out on the name of Jesus and call out to him, he will save you. He will deliver you. He will set you free. All you have to do is say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Make me clean. Make me whole. And if you pray that from your very heart, he will come and he will touch you. He will lead you and he will guide you. If you're in here today and you're not sure if you died, you'd go to heaven. That's why we have prayer team people up here. Or if you just got something going on in life, you just need some agreement. Man, agreement moves mountains. Amen? Agreement moves mountains. You just need somebody to agree with you upon something. That's why they're here. And so I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to bless you. And then I'm going to go grab my hat and I'm going to run all out so I can be first. But they're going to be here to pray for you. And I'm going to be eating while they're here praying. I love it. But I encourage you, stay here today. Visit with us. Have, have fellowship. Have, have, have a good time today. Amen. So, Father, I just pray right now over everyone here. I ask you, Lord God, to bless them. I ask you, Lord God, to pour yourself out upon them. Lord, that as we go from here, let us be lights, bright and shining lights. Lord, let us have these self-evident truths within us that, that Lord, that we will will we'll be able to influence nations for you, Lord God. That, Jesus, you are Lord and you're the answer. Lord, we don't want to get involved in hate. We want to stay in love. And so, Lord, I just ask you to put your good hand upon us. Lead us and guide us and direct us. Lord, minister to us and and let this day be a great day of fellowship, of people being encouraged and strengthened, Lord. And, Lord, we give you all the praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.